Are we ready? Three. And we're ready. Two. One. Four. Five. And six, we're live. Eight. Yeah, we're doing great here. Recording another episode, which stands to be a lot better than the last episode, which was mostly about Cliff High. What is on the docket for this episode? No docket, man. I'm just in the present moment, seeing what I'm able to channel in the now. But we could talk about how carnivore apparently kills testosterone. Yeah, have you been trying the carnivore diet? Nah, I've been saying I want to, but now I don't know. It's uh, this guy, Sean Baker, who's a big carnivore guy, apparently took a blood test and had super low testosterone, like as low as the guys on BuzzFeed who did a he, test a while back. Has he been taking blood tests or was this his first one? This was like a one-off blood test, so it's hard to know for sure much, but that was alarming. Because I think he is like a 50-year-old man. Yeah, he is older, but then I saw another guy, maybe in his 30s, who tried it for a while, and it just tanked his testosterone. That's very interesting, because like, I feel like, I don't even know what a normal level is supposed to be, I'm really not qualified to speak on the subject, but if you like radically change your diet, you start losing a ton of weight, that can be a reason, but I think the Sean Baker guy's been on it for like five years or so. Yeah, a long time. I don't know, I mean... That's definitely not the top reason not to do it, but it's surprising. And uh, it's probably just not a good idea. I want to know Sadhguru's testosterone levels. If his are high, I think that proves you can be a high T vegan. Yeah, I don't know. But um, Sean Baker's probably on like human growth hormone or testosterone replacement or some shit. Or steroids, like all that stuff makes your like natural levels super low because you're injecting exogenous ones. Because he's a power lifter, so you know, he's on gear. Year <coughs> old power lifter. I guess that makes sense, but I think he's more of a rower. Not that oh, that would really? matter necessarily. Yeah. I thought he was like a deadlifter. <coughs> I think he did powerlifting like on the side fairly successfully, but his main thing is rowing. Oh, okay. I don't know. I was watching a lot of vegan videos today and this vegan guy said that he seems natural. Um, but I don't know. I'm just sick of all the fuss about diet. It's all a placebo effect, right? So why does it even matter? Just eat space food and believe. Just breathe. The breatharian lifestyle. Breathe and get sunlight. That's it. I got to get more sunlight. I'm here on the equator and I'm spending my time in front of a screen. I got to just go out and lie under the sun every day. That'll cure everything. Probably. You didn't get outside today? I mean, I get outside when I walk between the office and the house. But oh, okay. I need more like dedicated time outside. Mm, Playing ultimate prisoner, that, that helps a lot. Like a prisoner. Dude, the other day... I was playing ultimate frisbee and I realized that it was like five, 6 PM and I hadn't had any food. I had had alcohol, coffee, tobacco, cannabis, and mushrooms. And I was running like to exhaustion playing ultimate. And I felt like I was going to faint. 
Yeah, why were you doing that? It's a cool state of consciousness. Is it? It was. It's not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> now it's it's just life. Yeah, so it's been going on with all of your substances. What do you is that vodka? What is that? This is an infusion of some green shit. I'm not sure what plant. Okay. But it's non-alcoholic. And we got to find something more interesting to talk about. Yeah, man. I feel like you had a bunch of things on the docket in in a previous message to me. For the last recording I did, and we more or less went through it. No, you said you had a bunch of stuff that we hadn't touched on. Oh, no, I said, like, so we recorded before, and then the recording got lost. Oh. And there were many updates personally at that time. But the updates are still brewing, so I don't even really want to call them yet. Okay. It's a coin flip on the relationship, on whether I'll die soon or come out of the hole. Well, but, uh, yeah, soon. we'll just have to see about that. We should just talk about the world. Yeah, what's going on with the world from your perspective? It's interesting that the lab leak is now confirmed or said to be what probably happened from the Department of Energy. Yeah, I did see that. It was really bizarre. Um, The way they talked about it, they were like, like a lab leak can't be ruled out, I believe was the official Language. No, that, that's where they were at before. Now they're saying it was a lab leak. Um, and on Fox News, which, you know, is Fox News, I saw a thing where they were like, um, China spread it intentionally. I think that's the next domino that I don't know whether it will fall, whether the release was intentional. No, so but what the, I was getting... The narrative is changing fast. Go ahead. Well, so I was getting a little bit more like the initial leak was not intentional. But then once it got out and got into the city, they were like, might as well, you know, if we have to shut down, the world should shut down. Um, uh, and so then intentional after it was accidental in China? Yes, accidental leak and then intentional spread, which makes sense, right? Yeah, like they were lying about the numbers the whole time. Yeah, I have no idea, but it's definitely like the room for conversation and questioning is opening up a lot. Which I don't even like, it's so frustrating to me. It's okay. Now people are on board with it that were so not on board with it two years ago. They're all about, Oh my God, it's a pangolin and you got to trust them. And you're a fascist. And now it's like, Oh, okay. Well, it was a lab leak. I told Okay. Everybody forgets what side they were on a year ago. Yeah, it's almost like the thing on which you have to take a side is changing so fast that you're not even responsible to or connected with this, your self that was you know, on a side a year or two in the past. Because yeah, we've, uh, we've had the UFOs now. Honestly, like, why bring it up again now? I think it's bullshit government propaganda. Like, I think the Chinese... Um, narrative to the u.s is changing like they're becoming more and more adversarial obviously they shot down those balloons a couple of weeks back 
Um, right. I got to put in headphones. I just realized. Yeah, go for it. Three, two, one. We're live again. We are live again, talking about the now seemingly confirmed Chinese lab leak of the Wuhan virus. I like how we came back right as the sirens going past at your place. The Chicago City siren sound effects have always been a great part of the podcast. Oh, yeah. Always something happening. It makes it very atmospheric, deep art. You got to know. You got to know what's going on in our neighborhood. Um, But yeah, man, lab leak is now more or less people are talking about it. The government is giving it legitimacy. Um, which to me is a sign that the government wants to do some stuff that a couple of years back would have been, um, I guess, uncool. The people would have been against it. So they're trying to rally some support for maybe like a larger move in the future. Man, how about Woody Harrelson on Saturday Night Live? That was interesting, yeah. Did that get any pushback? How was that perceived? I'm sure it got pushback. I mean, hearing the audience, at least, it was not a lot of laughs. It was pretty uncomfortable sounding. That's really funny. I mean, Woody Harrelson for that type of guy, like I doubt, you know, he was ever getting, he's he's quite the crunchy guy. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like that was a big, a big new thing as far as like a remark that cutting being put forth to the mainstream on such a mainstream big uh, show. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody feels like that now, and everybody realizes just how dumb they were being um, less than two years ago. You know, and how much of a, just that overreaction and a panic this all was, and how it yeah. all pretty much came for nothing. All the all the attempts to block it were pointless. Uh, all the attempts to mitigate it were pointless, and here we are, still totally fine. Um, you know, now everybody wants to pretend like uh, it didn't happen or like they were cool the whole time. When in fact, you know, we developed into fascism pretty quickly. Scarily quickly. Scarily quickly. Yeah, I think everyone just freaked out a bit. Fear is a very powerful motivator to get you to do a lot of dumb things. It was like a wave of fear across the globe. Question is, is it done? Are there going to be new, bigger waves? Well, it seems like we're heading towards some sort of large-scale international conflict. (sighs) Yeah, there are a lot of signs that could happen. Like a lot of rhetoric is changing to be more negative, more isolationist, more America first. And it doesn't even matter who's in charge. They say the same thing with a different color tie. You think Biden's a big America first guy? He seems to be. A lot of um, his policies seem to be, you know, in the same vein as Trump's policies. Yeah, I feel like, uh, my bad, you want to continue? Yeah, I was going to say he's like less into foreign trade. He's doing less cooperation with foreign entities. He's doing mm. less technology sharing, trying to widen the technological gap that the U.S. has. But it, he's doing less of that outside of just the war? Or is it just because of the war? No, this is a global 
thing. Because of the war? No, the, the war is localized in Eastern Europe. Oh, you're saying he's reducing trade with like everyone? Yeah, like he's reducing trade in the South Pacific. Um, they revoked visas for American employees working in Asia in um, semiconductor companies. Hmm. They said, you know, come back home or lose your citizenship. This was a couple months ago. Hmm. Damn, that's pretty harsh. That's harsh, but as far as tariffs go and some of these things go, I do feel like you have to put your own country first in the sense of cleaning your own house before you worry about others. Only in the paradigm where we still have countries and we're not just one global people trying to do the best for the most amount of people. The globalists, such as myself. Right, which is where it's headed in your worldview. No, that is uh, an idealized worldview that will never be realized, unfortunately. So you are a globalist who sees his own efforts as futile? I am a globalist that, yeah, hopes that one day globalism will come into effect and doesn't understand the pushback against it. Um, But no, I'm a realist and we will never see true globalism, not in our lifetimes. Hmm. I do think we could see the breakdown of countries as they currently stand, for sure. Yeah, but I mean, countries, you know, the map gets redrawn every, what, 30, 40 years or so? Like, we're overdue in all of our metrics. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Did we, we might have touched on this last time, but um, the oldest ever reigning Chinese government is the current Chinese government, and that's 70 years Oh, shit. So none of them have gone that long. Yeah. What about dynasties? There have been dynasties that were long. Apparently not. Apparently they've never gone longer than 70 years. Really? Yeah, it's impossible to keep unified. Damn. I definitely think democracy is a great idea that doesn't work at scale yet. I think global democracy would be tricky because too many people want too many different things, but you got to like soft launch it by homogenizing the culture slowly which is what the u.s Mm -hmm. is trying to do with media with food with clothing yeah i feel like it would be way harder to homogenize a global culture than globalists imagine like different cultures are really fucking different that's why you got to give them fast food you got to give them sitcoms everybody (laughs) thinks they're suddenly living in an apartment in new york they all start behaving that way. You got to shift their value system to an American one. Through yeah, dude. It's, it's too real. I do have to give you that, even though I don't view it as the future. It's, it's going everywhere. In Vilcabamba, there's this coffee shop that just got a new space and like redid it. And it's got, you know, the, the yuppie lights, the like nice pillars, clean walls, tasteful art. It's like you can go in there. And have a coffee and feel like you are in a city. It's really just like you and me, like people that have kind of seen it and are sick of it want, um, you know, like authenticity. Like I travel and I want the authentic whatever experience, but the people living there don't want that. They want Western shit. They want to drive big cars and get Starbucks cups. Totally. Totally. Everyone wants the other. And I don't think you can really get the authentic experience in like a short taste either. 
Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, it, it's a curated tourist experience. Like, yeah, there's I mean, nothing authentic about it. Do you think we got the authentic Bahamas experience on our company trip way back in the day? I think we got. <laughs> I think we got an authentic Bahamas experience. You know, authenticity is is overrated. It's ever evolving. Yeah, it's also a pretty neb. It's a more nebulous concept than I initially thought it was. Like, yeah. what is authenticity really? Yeah. It's like it's which a- layer, which level of depth of artifice are you at? But it's all yeah. artifice, layers of artifice, or like putting on a performance. There's also a sense of like, we want other cultures to like remain, quote, authentic. Um, in a sense, like denying them modernity. You know, it's selfish in that way. You think the West is trying to deny the rest of the world modernity? In some ways, there just isn't enough modernity to go around. Like, yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's seen in like the pushback against immigration. It's just the rich countries wanting to keep their wealth. But I think even like, you know, we don't have the resources or the infrastructure to give eight billion people constant water and electricity. So Yet. you got to make it seem cool for some people to not have those things. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like a stretch. I mean, maybe. You ever see like tiny houses, like sustainable living is so cool. I live in a tiny house on a ranch. Yeah, that, that stuff is definitely a, a fool's a gold. It's a psyop. It's, they're trying to make trailers look cool. We've talked about this before. R slash van dwelling. Yeah, all these things like they're trying to make, which I guess it's like, yeah, make the best of what you have, but but realize what's happening here. I do feel like a peak of life could be getting something decent, maybe even an RV and road tripping through national parks in the Western US. Yeah, that could be fun for like a year. Yeah, but uh, the problem with traveling and the reason I... Like, even though a lot of me would love a nomadic lifestyle, the reason I don't go for that is I feel like it's way too hard to have good routines and be healthy that way. Yeah, that's very true. You're usually like a slave to what comes across on the road. Which is fun, but not optimal for, like, building a human, maybe. But, I mean, I don't know, man. I think eating healthy it's definitely difficult to find time to work out i think but i think eating healthy is is pretty straightforward have some fruits have some vegetables have some meat you know don't stray too far from it in any extreme way yeah balance is the boring but almost always correct answer but even that it's just like how did we go from that to like this overcomplicated narrative of like, oh, you gotta worry about macros and you gotta not eat carbs on certain days and you gotta do fat-free butter substitute. That's <laughs> insanity. Dude, and diet's like, just such a mess. It's impossible to figure out. There's there's way too many paradigms floating around. Kind of, but like that's an obvious one. Fat-free butter substitute isn't gonna help you. Oh, for sure. <laughs> All the like, oh yeah, this is, it looks like sausage, but it's actually soy mush. Yeah, that's probably not it. 
Yeah, just eat real foods. Yeah. Whole foods, if you will. How many people do you think are in touch with um, like the human as an animal? Like, Because these things seem common sense, but are they to a lot of people? Like you're sitting at a desk eating cereal and you don't think that's fucked up? I think a lot of people who do that are aware it's fucked up and are addicted to these things. Could be. I think it is. I mean, these foods are an addiction like anything else can be. Just eating mac and cheese. You're like, yeah, this is. Oh, I saw this thing about a guy who only ate mac and cheese for like five years. He looked like walking mac and cheese. <laughs> was he okay? I mean, he was functioning, eating his mac and cheese. I don't know. I don't remember much about him, but. Oh, yeah, I feel it makes me sad on a level. Yeah, I and mean, I think the reality is as long as you're able to function, that's the goal. Like there's too many people for everybody to eat good real food. So let's just get let's get a baseline of function in there. Oh. But maybe not, who knows? Oh man. Oh man, high? oh man. Huh? Are you too high? No. I mean yeah, but no, that's not why I say oh man. I didn't say oh man for any reason. Other than patriarchy. You got some thoughts on the patriarchy today? Um, no. <laughs> patriarchy. Where do you think we'll be in the next six months? Hmm globally probably just steadily more chaotic that's a pretty fair bet but you got to make some you got to make some hard takes some bold predictions yeah war in europe raging slowing i'm not gonna see the thing is i never want to predict war or feed that vision of the future but it does seem like a lot of collapse is inevitable I, i don't know how fast i can't tell you in the next six months it's weird to me that that war is still going on. It's been over a year. Yeah, there could be a lot to it that we don't know about. Like what? I don't know. Like uh, different motives. What was happening in Ukraine? You think the globalists are behind it? Because I feel like they would have let me know as a globalist, as a card-carrying member. <laughs> In his last few years, my dad got this like security clearance with some governmental agency and a card for that. But I feel like it was probably pretty meaningless. And? It's just interesting. Oh, what if he was it. what if he was a globalist? Dude, I would hope so. I think most you know, people with a utopic vision of the future are globalists. Utopic. I think that if you're not a globalist, you're treating the earth as a zero-sum game and only one country can win and it has to be ours, right? Mm-hmm. If you are a globalist, you want the best for the most amount of people and, you know, it just so happens that we'll lead it and be the best of the best. 
What is Klaus like in person? Uh, you know, he's really good at gift giving, um, but it's always gift cards for digital streaming services because he doesn't want us to own anything. Mm-hmm. So it's just always a year of Netflix gift card, a year of Spotify premium. Uh, but you know, it's appreciated because we gotta we gotta consume as much content as possible. Because if we're consuming, we're not producing. Hmm. Producing. Producing is a great joy in life. That's what I want to do more of. That Tomorrow is... I'm going to produce a Survivor podcast for the first time in a long time. Ooh, what's that going to be about? I'm just a guest on a Survivor podcast. I'm cool. going to recap the premiere of the new season. Did the new season just start? It starts tomorrow. Nice. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Is this on video? Yes, I believe so. Does it include other former contestants? Yeah, it's it's hosted by a former contestant and maybe some other guy. I should probably cool. learn that. Um, You're going to call in? Yep. Yeah, I mean, uh, it should be interesting because I feel like you need to have hot takes for that kind of thing. I'm not a big hot take guy recently. I feel like you've had some hot takes on this podcast. That's true, but they've simmered out. That's That's what's happened. <laughs> I've just realized the stupidity of all my takes. It's uh, hard to have a hot take and then watch it hold up over time. Hot takes are, yep. Takes of any kind are pretty pointless. I think it's just random. But, you know, Alex was right about those labs. Oh, I mean, there's a lot of validity in the questioning. I have zero regrets about going down the rabbit holes. Do you think there will be a second lab leak? Twitter files, maybe. What is happening with Elon Musk now? I don't know. He's the guy that I'm the most 50-50 on about like what he's about. I went from this guy sucks and he's lame uh, to, wow, that was a pretty cool design for a car, the Cybertruck. I really like it. I really like what he's doing with it. To, uh, this guy's like too into the internet for being as rich as he is. I don't really get it. I don't think it's about being rich for him. He just wants to. He wants to do crazy shit. He wants to pioneer. He should be more out of touch than he is. He is pretty out of touch, but I mean, he should be more aloof than he is. He's too on the ground with his comments. So. That seems admirable. No, not in his case. It's things that, like that don't make sense. Like he's just, you know, like the other day he he said that the media is racist against white people. Oh shit! Really? Like, you don't gotta take a stance on these things. You're you're above all of this. You're leading companies trying to travel through space. Why are you mixing it up on? critical race theory dude it's because he cares more about twitter now that's his new stallion that he's trying to ride to greatness i guess he's just trying to get more twitter engagement by being crazy which is weird like the guy in charge of twitter doing that on twitter and beyond twitter seems fucking pointless though like social media in general uh i feel like people are clocking out 
Damn. Wayra, the girlfriend, just tweeted, whenever I want to be calm, the government comes out with its bullshit. There you go. Just, you know, avoid going on there. There's some very destructive mining happening right now that's pissing her off. Hmm. I've been reading, did I tell you about this book I've been reading? Um, no. Called Open the Veins of Latin America. Oh, yeah, but you didn't tell me much. What is it about? I mean, it's basically just a, at this point, call it 500-year history of destructive mining. You know? Yeah, that's got to be bleak. Ever since the Spanish landed... They basically enslaved everybody and had them mine silver because the Spanish, you know, before modern monetary theory ran out of silver and they needed some more or the empire was going to collapse. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they've stripped the land of so many resources. The area I'm in should be like all trees along the mountains, but it's like sparse trees and mostly just grassy mountains because Mm -hmm. they, you know, logged the shit out of everything. I read a fact on there. I think I messaged it to you, but I'll, I'll bring it up as a question in case I didn't. You know the food by unit that is the most destructive, both ecologically and... Chemically and in terms of human labor? Yeah. Can we I talk remember about this? you sent me this, and then you sent me a picture of meat. So is it meat? Oh, no, that was unrelated. I was just in Texas eating barbecue. It's bananas. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what? It's bananas. That's For all the people that say that, you know, beef is killing the planet, bananas are killing the planet. How are bananas killing the planet? The amount of pesticides it takes to grow, the amount of human labor it takes to, you know, plant banana plantations, um, and then just the bloody history of the banana from, from concept to now. Yeah, we can fix that up, though. Um, so, you know, eat a cow next time you're looking at that banana. Or I'll just eat the bananas that I have on my land that just grow here. Do you? Are they nice? Yeah. I mean, uh, no, I don't know what kind and I haven't actually had many, but, but they, yeah, they grow around and it can be done sustainably. You should find out because the the one that's on the shelves is a very specific one. Most of them come from Ecuador. So here they're just what's grown around. Mm. Ecuador and Chile, I think, are the main exporters to the U.S. I thought it was like Central America. Costa Rica. Yeah, Costa Rica also. Yeah, I think. Yeah. At a time, Cuba, before... The Castro administration. What if humans living so far from the equator is just like a stretch that's only enabled by industrialization? I mean, that's partially true. Yeah. Like they killed all the buffalo. It wouldn't have been sustainable to be carnivore. Not not, not, not a lot's going to grow in the winter in a lot of the North America. Um, Midwest is uh, going to be fine forever, but... In the winter? I mean, without industry and supply chains? Oh, the winters in the Midwest are warming, man. You can grow wheat year-round in some mm. parts of Ohio. 
is there going to be a great pole shift and the equator is going to become the new pole and the poles will become the new equator? That would be weird. Maybe. Doesn't that happen every like million years or something? Billion years? I don't know. Yeah, there's some prophecies, some <laughs> some premonitions, divinations. I don't know. I, I don't believe in any of this predicting the future business. I think that that you know has happened in the past, but I think industrialization in general has made it has made current life possible, and without it, you would revert back to what life looked like before it. Yeah, less than a billion people on Earth. Yeah, but you could potentially keep technology, so it wouldn't have all been a loss and a waste. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're gonna willingly move backwards, but I think that we will inevitably run out of certain things that'll make it difficult to maintain the current lifestyle for a lot of people in a lot of places. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. That's not good. We have to find stuff we disagree about. Um, we could dissect more <laughs> videos. <laughs> <laughs> Our friend Warden has, he had something to say. What if your girl said she had a kid? That would be a very impressive feet to hide it for this long like what if the kid was was with his dad until now i mean i guess um you know if it was business as usual afterwards wouldn't matter as much so you would be a dad no if i haven't because i haven't been involved with the now why would i get involved all of a sudden well, say she takes custody of the kid and your relationship is going toward where you've said you feel like it's going. Oh, then no, I would, I would bail. Oh. You're changing yeah. the terms of the initial agreement. Right. Quite dramatically. Yeah. Into, into the zone of one of my you know major deal breakers. It's the ultimate test of true love. Is it? That or revealing she's been trans and that she tells be... you after a year. Very impressive. I'd be very impressed by what the surgeons could manage. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that would also require, you know, renegotiation of the current deal. How can you say that? That's a very transphobic thing to say. Trans women are women. That's what I've been told. Yeah. I mean, they are. You are whatever you want to be, but... The idea of chopping a dick off and taking a piece of a colon and making it a vagina, that's wild. It's uh, pretty scary. And the language around it is super weird. Honestly, like people could do what they want to do. You know, if they're upfront about it, I'm not going to like it, but I don't like a lot of things. I would be I totally, disappointed. I'm, I'm totally for people being able to do what they want to do and be equally respected and have rights to whatever they need well yeah kind more of more or less but uh it's yeah it's crazy that you can't talk about it and it's crazy that like the narrative is saying like if a young impressionable kid wants to do this perhaps even 
impulsively, like parents should be on board, you know, like an eight-year-old kid or something. We took a survey at work. It was like a total company survey, every employee. And one of the questions that ended up uh, varying fairly negatively was that I feel like I could be my true authentic self at work. Interesting. And a lot of people felt like they could not be their true authentic selves at work. And then the discussion around it was like, well, how could we better facilitate you being your true authentic self at work? And I was just thinking like, you're not being paid here to be your true authentic self. You're being paid to do a job. <laughs> do that job, go home and do whatever the fuck you want. But like, that's my problem with a lot of these things. It's like, this is not your platform. What are you doing here? Just do that on your off time. Everything is a platform today. Should not be. You know, if your job is to deliver corn, you gotta you gotta deliver corn. Doesn't matter what you are while you're doing it. It always matters what you are and how you feel, and that's actually all that matters. Very dumb. A lot of things are dumb, my friend, including me. Everyone's dumb. Yeah, super. I want to just meditate until I get to the point that aliens respect me enough to make contact with me. That could take, um, you know, your entire lifetime. (laughs) It could, but why not try? I don't think it's a, a life wasted. I mean, I think anything done with a sense of purpose in a good energy is a life well lived. You feel good doing it. Yeah. I mean, being as aware as you can be, of course, like you could be an unconscious savage and feel good murdering everyone, but there's a balance, I guess, between doing what you quote authentically want to do and being aware enough to see that you're nothing. It's weird that 600 years ago, we thought Genghis Khan was the shit, and now we're like, oh, what a savage, running around murdering everyone. Yeah, man. Big shift. That used to be cool a while back when it was a murder or be murdered world. But, you know, safety has changed our values. Safety. Paramount. Safety is paramount. Once you get safety, then you can be all those other things. Do you think it should be illegal to wear, to not wear a seatbelt in the car? No, you should be able to do whatever you want. If you want to increase your risk of dying in a car accident, feel feel free to do it. There was an economic study that said that the optimal number of seatbelts is zero because it makes the driver drive safer. I doubt that's true. Who knows? You know, so many accidents are like intoxicated drivers. Uh huh. They're not driving safer because they don't have a seatbelt. Oh, yeah, but that's a huge confounding variable. Yeah. It's like, it must have been like a controlled study where they just have people do it and they're kind of like, I'm not wearing a seatbelt, I gotta be careful. Yeah, I wish I remembered it better. But I don't think there's an agenda behind making you wear seatbelts. Wait, why, why are you talking about an agenda? No, no, I'm just saying, like, if it was obviously, if there was, like, 
data to to say that it caused more harm than good, I think most people would get on board with it. Well, it could be that there is that data just from like a psychological lens, but that doesn't carry that much weight. Yeah. Um, but I definitely like, I think that's an overreach to be ticketed. I think speeding tickets, speeding tickets are tricky, right? Cause you are being unsafe to people around you, but a lot of times it's just like a way for whoever it is to collect some extra revenue. It's just extortion. Right. Yeah. I think I have a few of those actually from a automatic camera that was near one of the cities here. Yeah, see, those types of things, they're not doing shit for safety. That's pure extortion. Yeah, plus people here drive unsafely slow. I think that's the real danger on the roads of Ecuador. Mm. People just suddenly come to a halt, put the hazards on, no matter the situation. Yeah, man, anytime someone's behind the wheel of a 2,000-pound metal box rolling at 60 miles an hour, it's pretty dicey. And everybody thinks they're a good driver. No one's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a mediocre. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's everybody else on the road. It's bad. It doesn't quite work out. Are you a good driver? I haven't driven really in probably four years since I sold my car. Oh, wow. You're a total city guy. Yeah, so I'm greatly out of practice. I don't really enjoy it too much. I think it's a dumb status symbol uh, that, again, we were duped into thinking was cool for some reason uh, by a consumerist narrative. And, Driving? Uh, yeah, cars? Ah. Cars. And cars in general have done more harm than good to humanity. That's hard to say, dude. I mean, every piece of industry that's come along, definitely including cars, played an integral part to the overall expansion. And if we take worthwhile things from that, it's hard to say it did more harm than good. Yeah, it's true. Like a lot of the supply chains getting stuff to, yeah, you're right. I retract my statement. But I mean, in terms of city design, like a lot of cities uh, that were designed after the car have made it become impossible to live in without a car. Yes. And yeah, they're kind of designed for an unsustainable way of life. Um, 100%. And then like, I don't know if you could, you probably can replicate a lot of, a lot of um, like the supply chain with rail though. So you're probably right on that. Yeah. Uh, it's, I think the, the consumer vehicle has done more harm than good. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not a good sight in the suburbs. Everyone in their boxes, all the steam blowing out in the cold winter, going to their other boxes where they live. With a truck in their driveway. <laughs> Oof. But man, I don't know. Some days, I don't know how long I can stay here. Why is that? A sea of mediocrity. What does that mean? It's getting better. I, I feel like I'm meeting more people that I have energy to hang out with, but I feel like I am inspired by few to know people here. Mm, you got to inspire yourself internally somehow uh, some way somehow some way 
Would you want to move? Where would you want to move to? I don't think there's any solution. I think anywhere I would have the same issues. I've got to deal with it internally. I think you're right. But the coast would be cool. LA? No, the Ecuador coast would be cool. Oh. I mean, California could be also, but also uncool in a lot of ways. You could start a cam girl ring like Andrew Tate and Romania. <laughs> start one in Ecuador. Oh, I'm... After one trip to a brothel, I don't want to have any more close contact with the state of women who do that here. You'd be giving them better lives, man. The Darth Trader philosophy. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking of. But no, I agree with you. It's usually uh, work that you're forced to do, not work that you're enjoying doing. I feel like so much work is that. Oh, 90%. Sucks. That's the state of reality. Not everyone's reality, though. Yeah, that's what we call checking your privilege. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying in the future, it could be a different reality for most people. What do you mean? Where everything is provided and you have the choice of what you want to do all the time? Not to an extreme, not everything provided and not free choice always, but a large degree of both. Yeah, maybe in like a couple hundred years, who knows, some technological revolution could come through. I give it 10 or 20 years. No chance. Let's make a bet on 20 years. What odds do you give me? Um, Five. Wait, what is the bet? You gotta, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to define. Yeah, you got to define it well. Hmm. And automation will take a lot of jobs. I agree, but it'll be stupid jobs. Low-level lawyers, um, you know, copywriters on the internet, BuzzFeed journalists. It won't be doctors and dentists. Not anytime soon. Where would you live if you could go anywhere other than Chicago? Um, uh, it depends. I'd probably move around a little bit. Um, and then I, it wouldn't be Chicago. Maybe like a, like a cool island somewhere. Like water views. You know, we're talking about me maintaining my same level of compensation. So I can't, like, you know, I have no advantage to moving to L.A., but if I move to, like, the Bahamas and there is no visa stipulation for whatever reason, um, that could be pretty cool. You know, somewhere where it goes a long way. But then I wouldn't want to be, like, an odd man out, like the one white dude. Uh, Because then you just have a target on you, I feel like, especially in somewhere, like, Jamaica or somewhere with a lot of poverty. So yeah, maybe maybe the Mediterranean, but that area, I don't know if it's going to be too stable in the future. Mm-hmm. What are you doing right now? What do you mean? You're looking at something to the side of the screen. Google News? And mostly, yeah, and it's mostly like... Um, 
advertisements that are disguised as articles. So I think AI actually, to, to bring it back, will take a lot of those jobs, writing advertisements disguised as articles. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's already happened. Yeah, that's true. I can do it now. It's so dumb if you think, or like it'll be a YouTube video and you think you're watching a video that's going to give you something interesting. And then it's like, oh, yeah, you can do this. Subscribe to Squarespace to make your own website about it. Like they're all just advertisements for bullshit nobody needs. It's so weird that like people grow up wanting to be influencers. Like you want to be a brand, you want to be a billboard for shilling out mm -hmm. bullshit products mm -hmm. for nobody that serves no purpose besides consumption. It's frustrating, honestly. Yeah. That's the world though. There's a great South Park about that. Which one? This recent season. It was the first or the second episode. Butters is helping, like guiding Kyle to go to this center where they help him, you know, work on his brand. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Yeah, that feels good. Never really misses. I haven't kept up with it. I did watch the second one with the prince. Um, yeah. Whatever. Apparently he's suing the show. Really? He feels, he feels <laughs> that that was uh, slander. <laughs> they really went in on Meghan Markle, too. It was it was the England royalty, right? Meghan well, Markle show, and Prince it was, Harry? It was Canada, but in real life, yeah, they're, they're British. Yeah. <laughs> Meghan Markle's from the U.S., though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever watch Suits? No. Hmm. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, I try not to watch shows that have no real goal. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, they're just their only goal is to stay on the air as long as possible. Mm -hmm. So, because the, then the plots mean nothing and the stakes mean nothing. Right. Wayra and I are giving Twin Peaks a shot. Which Which one? Season one. We're starting from the beginning. Okay. Yeah, they don't really relate that much. Like one and then the beginning of two are, are pretty self-contained. The end of two is kind of random. And then three mm. is totally, totally uncontained. So you can watch years. three standalone, the one made in 2017. Yeah, because it's 25 years after one and two. And it doesn't really it? give you... It's really good. It's the best show I've ever watched. Damn. Um but it doesn't like a lot of people were alienated by it because it doesn't give you any nostalgia. Hmm. Like people thought they were watching, you know, the show that they watched 25 years ago or whatever. And all their favorite characters were coming back and like, they kind of do, but you know, it's like checking in on people 25, like they're not still hanging out with their friends from high school. Yeah. Is it still mostly the same actors? Some of them. Like, a lot of people are new hmm. and it's kind of all over the place. Cause like people have moved and stuff. Hmm. is very good it's a lot better than than one and two i think i think those were like really good for the time that they came out in but i think a lot of that stuff is like i don't know maybe melodramatic or like overacted it's kind of intentional but it it made more sense in the context of 90s tv than it does now now hmm. you're just like they're acting silly hmm. yeah yeah 
<laughs> yeah, there are some ridiculous characters. Yeah. I think we've but it had... Is supposed to be... What's up? No, I was going to change the topic. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, it is supposed to be like a reflection of the TV that's around um, during the time of it. And so, mm-hmm. like, sometimes mm-hmm. they're intentionally acting... Like satire. Because, yeah, because they're act, like they're behaving by TV rules rather than like real human rules. Mm-hmm. It's an entertaining show. Mm-hmm. But what I was going to say is I think we in our time together, you know, as I've said, I've had a lot of bad ideas on this podcast. Um, but I think we've had one good idea. What's that? I don't know if we ever talked about it on the podcast, but I think you know, right? I've had a lot of bad ideas, hard to say. <laughs> yeah, so that's why it should be easy to know the one good idea. What is it? it is the idea for a social justice-focused hedge fund. Do you think that that still tracks? In... Actually, it might track more in 2023 than it did in 2019 or whenever that was and it might track more and be a lot easier to do in ecuador is that a big hot topic over there Eh, no it's probably better in the u.s it's got hedge funds in general like you don't really hear about hedge funds running around and yeah it's it's young i mean it exists but like yeah that is young venture capital is super young well it's unstable markets Yeah, I think that would be great. I don't know. I want to do something. I want to create something that's fulfilling to create. That's my criteria. Yeah, I, th- I think that's like the most fulfilling thing is to create something. That's like the human experience. And I think most people decide that a kid is going to be that for them. And sometimes it works out and like pretty often it doesn't work out. Right. But that's probably like the biological motivator, right? Yeah, probably. Because I think that is like a deeply human thing as to want to create. I think it's also the higher consciousness motivator, though. That's like the part of us that's connected to God. Yeah. I feel like our recent conversations have just devolved into biology versus spirituality. Um. Some of them have, yeah. But I don't necessarily disagree with the spirituality. It's usually just the leaps that come of it. Yeah, too many leaps. But I think mostly I agree with what you're saying, especially with this one. Oof. I feel like, what was the issue with it before? It wasn't like structured enough. The issue with what? The hedge fund idea. Uh, I think the issue is we just didn't do it. I thought you like got it, looked over and someone was like, there's not like an episodic structure to this or something. Um, Those lines. I, I, to- I did tell a guy about it 
uh, who works in reality production, but he didn't seem to really get the vision. He was mm-hmm. seeing it like, and that was my bad. He seemed to think it was like, uh, he was thinking about it on the very surface level of like, oh, it's funny to contrast the world of finance with like this wacky spiritualism stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think he understood it as much as a social experiment, which is the thing I think would be the most interesting. But I think also another issue was I realized it's kind of fucked up to mislead people so much. It's fucked up in general. Yeah, I don't say reality TV in general is pretty fucked up. Yeah. That's why I'm a little worried to do this interview about Survivor because I kind of don't like the show at this point. I was watching the first... I was watching the first few minutes of the episode and the he's like, Welcome to Survivor. Your your tribe is Rotu, your tribe is Kora or whatever their names are. And then they just like repeat the name Rotu, Kora. They're like Pokemon. I'm surprised it's still on the air. It's been like twenty years. I think it's gone so long that that helps it. It's like a fixture of the CBS thing. Yeah, but it's just, I can't really, I've never been a fan. Um, I feel like a lot of times we're just going to places that people are actually alive in. You know, and they'll go, see if white people can do it. It'll be funny if a white person struggles through this. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's a side to it like that. But I think that's why they just fixed on one location and they're they're like rebranding it as more of like a sport then uh, oh, okay so they don't do like the world travel anymore yeah they don't change locations it's in fiji every year oh okay and they but, just like uh, do challenges uh-huh mm. yeah yeah it should be it could be fun i don't know it's yeah, if i yeah the also like if i do if i get dip my feet in the survival world. It helps a lot for people reading the blog, listening to podcasts. I want to podcast again, like, you know, podcast as myself publicly again. Yeah. yeah Not cool. to say this isn't a totally legitimate work of art podcast. This is an avant-garde. This podcast won't be appreciated for 50, 70 years. Who knows? Right. It's ahead of its time. Yeah, Exactly. Reform, drug-infused dialogue, <laughs> and it's rawest, most titillating, exploitative manner. <sighs> I think we're too ethical is the problem, you and I. To have fun? Yeah. Yeah, that could be the issue. No. Where we don't exploitate things, we don't fabricate a reality for entertainment. These are all all these other people. Whether Isn't that just? Logging, aren't we just being conceited? Maybe. I feel like that's a huge character flaw of mine. Who's to say, man? I was watching, do you watch Drive to Survive? What? I was watching Drive to Survive on Netflix. It's a Formula One reality show. They follow around the teams every season, like in the preseason, during the season. 
Mm. Um, but it's become pretty obvious that, that it's that they're on like season four. It's become pretty obvious that they're manufacturing the drama that they're performing for the cameras. So I don't know. I'm kind of. It's like fun to turn on and leave on, but ugh, I don't know. Yeah. I'll keep watching it. It sounds like reality TV gun sour. It sounds like what always happens. It's like fun the first season because they're being more organic. And then by season three, mm. <laughs> everyone's got TV money. Suddenly everyone's hot for some reason. And they're all just performing for the cameras. Like they know their niche and they're just behaving mm-hmm. according to their niche. Yeah, exactly. It's sad because it's, I think like the potential of the genre is incredible in what it can do if it does get that organic stuff. But uh, it it's really hard to avoid people performing. I mean, people are kind of performing without cameras, as it is. My All friend here from New Zealand, my friend here from New Zealand, said that when he was in the states, it was like he was in a giant movie set, like a movie, and he was the only person who wasn't an actor in the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's probably super accurate. And like, I'm so into it that I'm, I probably don't even notice it as much, but. Yeah, everyone here, you know, is the main character of their Hollywood blockbuster. Yeah, it's it's fucked up. I've definitely that's definitely happened to me, and it's like it's so in the way of thinking about real life, doing good things in real life. Yeah, but that's just like ego, right? Like it's unavoidable anywhere. Maybe it's a little bit more inflated in the U.S., but everyone's got it. Right. Yeah, everyone has it, but I think it is definitely more inflated in the U.S. It's the U.S. is the land of ego. It's the land of the individual. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And the question is, is can that land of the individual actually survive like the changing times in the world? Oh yeah. Better than every other land for sure. (laughs) Number one, this is not a debate. So you're both globalist and USA first. Yeah. I'm a globalist in the sense that the USA runs the globe and everybody behaves. (laughs) (laughs) It is creepy how the U.S. culture just seeps into everything. That's, you know, that's just what happens when you're the dominant superpower. And that, you know, changes hands, but it's always somebody. You know what I think is an actual niche I could do great in is the podcast scene of Latin America. There's like very, it's very nascent compared to the English speaking podcast world. And the English-speaking podcast world is proof of the medium. Like you're going to make a podcast in Spanish? Yeah. Yeah, that works. You'd be Joe Rogan, but the Spanish Joe Rogan. <laughs> uh, question is, That's should I do Wayra? Wayra and I wanted to do it together. You could always try it. Could give it a shot. What would be preventing you from doing it? Not knowing if we'll be together in a week or two. Well, yeah, that's in the immediate, but either way you could do it. Yeah. In a week or two, that's pretty urgent. It's felt that way for a while, but I believe it's going to work out. I think it's fine. I think anything great is worth, is going to entail some challenge. I mean, like, you know what you're doing in this space because you've been in multiple long-term relationships, but, like, how do you feel compared to the other ones? 
this one's super different. That's why I don't think I know what I'm doing. I think that's how it works. I think relationships are teachers and like you graduate from one, but it's not necessarily a study guide for the next. Mm. Uh, in some ways, maybe it is. But with this one, I feel like there's greater potential and greater alignment with what I want ultimately in a partner than ever before, but also more fighting than ever before, uh, more difficulty and more work. And so now you're just like, is it worth it? Mm. Yeah, I guess in a nutshell, which to be questioning that is like a, has a snowball effect. Cause once you start questioning it, then you think if you are questioning it, you know, you should be questioning it. Mm. You have any regrets about ending your previous relationships? No. Nah what had to happen you don't think in like a parallel universe there's a version of you living in like a three-bedroom house in wisconsin with a child (laughs) yeah i think there is that version of me but i think that version of me was you know would have maybe been happy for a short while and then very unhappy Hmm. or in constant domestic bliss Mm mm-hmm Yeah, domestic bliss isn't the way. No, dude, it is. You gotta clean your own house, right? Or whatever, make your bed. Whatever JP's always saying. That's true, that's true, yeah. But that's more just like having yourself in order. Mm. Like, I'm I'm not into the domestication of the human being. It's one of my least favorite aspects of our evolution. It's like all of human society is domestication. Yeah, it's some bullshit. You want to live. Yo. Damn. Leo is gone. I'm just here with myself and my thoughts. Cool. I can hear you, and now all the listeners of Consciousness Born can hear you too. Excellent. I can also hear you. I'm back. My camera has died. So I can't see you. Can you still see me? I can still see you. Yeah, it's just my camera's out of battery, and there's no way to like plug it in. So now we're at the peak creepiness of CIA plan dissecting me. Yeah, now I'm not even... You like a physical entity. I'm just a voice in the ether, which is how I like it anyway. This is much better for the medium, I think. Okay, so voice in the ether. What else do you want to talk about, if anything? Do you think that... I don't know. I don't have any good conspiracies. I feel like nothing... Like I'm, I'm burned out from it. It's just all... Oof. Me too. Like it's all gone too far, you know? I mean, the world's gone too far, so it's a reflection of that, but I'm burned out on focusing on anything other than just day-to-day shit. Yeah, same. Just I just kind of tune everything out. It's too much energy. Thing- and you get nothing out of it besides riling yourself up. 
I agree, but the one thing I can't tune out is what's the correct diet. Plants and animals. <laughs> Just eat stuff that is in earth and avoid stuff that comes in a plastic package. Seems simple enough. It is. That's the beauty of it. It's actually extremely simple. And a hundred years of propaganda have made it seem confusing. So much propaganda. You ever watch network television that still has like commercials and the commercials are just like Domino's Pizza, Burger King two for seven mix and match deal, Subway eat fresh? No, but I remember that. It's it's so it just like we've we've strayed so far from what food is and should be mm-hmm. to just like a delivery pizza from Domino's. Uber Eats taking down the West with one app. The West is here to stay, man. If you say so. Oh, I know so. As a as a globalist, the system is is the West. There is nothing without it. Oof. But, you know, you don't want a world that's not this. You don't want the alternative. There are so many alternatives. I'm sure I would want some of them. You don't want any of the ones that have happened already. This is the best one so far. This is the best humanity's come up with in all of our collective. Atlantis. Atlantis? Yeah. Atlantis was an allegory. Atlantis was a prehistoric civilization. Atlantis was a metaphor for Athens. The only written Atlantis text is Plato, and it's like many, many years after the fact. But anyway, yeah, I don't actually think there was ever a real Atlantis. I think it was a metaphor. Hard to say. Hard to say. I want the aliens to make contact. What if there are no aliens? That would be disappointing. You gotta bet on something else. You gotta bet on you. I'm not betting it on it. I just want it to happen. Dude, I don't want it to happen. Why not? Why would you want the aliens to show up? It'd be interesting. If the aliens are anything like, um, you know, the Spanish... Latin America. I definitely don't want that to happen. Yeah, well, I assume they would be like us. Uh, you know, just well, how do you base any assumption? Historical yeah, you, you evidence. That's why it would be so fascinating. It's always, you know, people leave home to get more resources. Nobody leaves for the hell of it. Such a lame worldview. Oh my god. It's just what happens. People like yeah, to explore. Like People like to investigate. For personal glory. For the achievement of doing it. Yeah, you don't know, man. Is there, like, water in the background? Yeah, there is. There's a running water feature that might be annoying. 
Uh, I think I've heard that in the past. It's the cat fountain. Hmm. All right, man, anything else you want to touch on? I'm kind of out of ideas here. Nah. Should we sign it off? Yeah, sounds good. Three, two, one, and we're off. Have a good night, man. Have a good night. Talk to you via Telegram and whatnot, and then probably here in the future. We'll see. Yeah, why do you insist on using Telegram? You gave WhatsApp up. No, I use WhatsApp every day. I use it more than Telegram. Damn, why did you switch over to Telegram? It was you who switched over to Telegram. No, it definitely wasn't. I don't even... I think I only downloaded it it because you wanted to use it. I no, no, dude. You you were the instigator of Telegram from the beginning. Dude, why are you gaslighting me about phone apps right now? <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you later. All right, see ya. Oh shit.